I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who works with all earthlings to reunite them within themselves and with each other, regardless of the dimension they're currently in. Meaning, I'm a medium as well as an animal communicator, medical intuitive, and channel for all beings. I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support animals and humans as they heal from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animals I View podcast. A hearty thank you to all of my faithful downloaders for accommodating my absence this last week from posting a podcast. My body and I were in recovery mode from my youngest son's wedding ceremony and reception up in Idaho Springs. And as well, I had an opportunity to visit the Frida Kahlo Immersion Art Exhibit here in Denver, and now I'm so wishing I had gone to the Vincent Van Gogh one when it was here as well. I, I think it's one thing to walk from painting to painting whilst navigating the people during an art exhibit as in the Denver Art Museum, and quite another, I discovered, to sit and let the artist's work to be projected in many varied forms along with light and sound all around. While you sit mostly comfortably on a mostly padded cushion, provided at a bit of an additional cost by the project's toast, and that cost also includes a limited edition poster of the exhibit itself. I went with my daughter-in-law at her suggestion. She's an artist herself and quite a good one at that. Have I mentioned the Lady Lavender on Instagram? That's her account. (laughs) And so we went. We sat through the exhibit twice and at the end even scored by happenstance the limited edition posters from the Van Gogh exhibit as well as they were just sitting out with no attendant behind the kiosk. I picked up the rolled up posters assuming that they were the Frida Kahlo ones. The attendant chased us down, gave us the right ones, and even told us to keep the Van Gogh ones. An excellent day altogether with a wonderful woman. I took four years of Spanish language classes in high school, full disclosure, and then another two years at the college I attended out of state in Kansas before I left school. I didn't abandon my aspirations for a college degree, having attained that after marriage and before children, nor did I completely abandon Spanish as a somewhat secondary language. I understand it, truth be told, much, much better than I can converse in the language, and at least two people I know, one sister and one bestie, who are fluent in the language as a secondary and then a tertiary Is that the the right word for third? Language. Part of the immersion art exhibit, as I mentioned, was both lighting and sound, in addition to the works by the artist herself, and a few others, I think, one being that of Diego Rivera. We'll get to his involvement in Ms. Kahlo's life a bit later. There were photographs of written letters and notes by the artist, and one in particular caught my eye. Translating oh so roughly... Arbol de la Esperanza, mantenete firme. 
Those were the Spanish words of which I recognized two, arbol meaning tree and esperanza meaning hope. Knowing a bit about Ms. Kahlo's background, polio as a child, bus accident with significant physical and lasting injuries when she was a teenager, as well as her later life, made me curious to translate the message fully into English. Even those listeners now likely have a gist of it when someone mentions a tree and hope in the same quote. And I don't want to cheat anyone out of the full glorious spelling magic of her words, so here it is. Tree of hope, stand firm. I would think that in the midst of all the contrast in her life, as great as that was, so too her light was just as great. And, born out of that contrast, her magnificence as a female Mexican artist who dove deeply into her own contrast so that she might find her light. That's such a good quote, I think. Tree of hope, stand firm. I don't get the sense that she was saying, take all of this away. I get the sense that from what her life path was illuminating for her, she took on and was committed to hope that light would come again. Heading to Yale Dictionary, hope is defined as a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. The key word is the first one, desire, which is different than her saying, perhaps, I wish my life was different. She said in so many words, I count on hope staying in my life. There didn't seem to be avoidance of her life path, merely a profound journey to embrace what was and a desire for a balance of light. I'll put a link into the podcast notes for anyone who may be in Colorado or another state where these immersion art exhibits may be taking place. I strongly encourage you to go and just rest. It was definitely a meditative experience and so much so that, as I said, we stayed for a second showing, if you will, of all what had been created in honor of Frida Kahlo. It was a way to illuminate her art from within, her soul to ours, and I perceived it to be quite successful in that way. Being a metaphysical person myself, one might say, I couldn't help but notice the presence of what I saw as a third eye right in the middle of her forehead, and notably also in the middle of her spouse, Diego Rivera, which is where the similarity stopped. His third eye depiction was most always a third eye, while hers often appeared as a Diego Rivera image as the third eye. In the language of chakras, which is a human interpretation of physical energy in this dimension, the third eye chakra may indicate intuition, the link between physical awareness and wisdom brought by intuition, and what is seen or intuited in this dimension. I sense that for Kahlo and Rivera, given that she began as his student and perhaps in many ways both eclipsed his own influence artistically on the world and at the same time still saw him as her muse or the figure through which she would continue to interpret the world around her, there was a bit of an energetic imbalance at times, I think. A challenge that may have been seen and experienced as a dance for the base of power that's perhaps inherent in any relationship where the best of partners learn to share as the situation requires this power base. 
In his worldview, as his third eye remained always his, my sense was that he, as a male in a patriarchal society, would never be able to realize maybe even his own potential because it was limited by only his vision, despite the fact that he was immersed himself in a relationship with an artist whose talents matched and at times surpassed his own. It's the balance of partnership and unity, after all, that all animals recognize as being the platform upon which life on this fixed design planet surpasses its own limited individual design when it shares openly, honestly, and freely with another in many forms of contrast and light. There is no other way forward, they would say. I think one of the reasons why the quote by Ms. Kahlo so resonated with me was because of my own increasing mobility issues and the fact that I'm due to be evaluated for ambulation by a physical therapist at my own request so that I'll know what's available to me as I continue to make my way forward on my own life path and continue to dance with EMS as my partner. I found, as perhaps she did, that leaning towards the hope while at the same time embracing and even celebrating what others may see as a death only means that the cycle of life is continuing and my hope rests on that. I'm alternating, as you may know, the topics of these podcasts with a message from the animals and some other topic that comes forward. Even before the Frida Kahlo exhibit and quote, The topic that floated forward was the title of the podcast, In the Well of Despair, Look Down, Then Up. As humans, we are so anxious to stay far, far away from the contrast that our bodies tell us they don't like because of how it feels. We think smart bodies, after all. Stay away from the hot stove or else you'll get burned. And because we have an emotional response to these messages, we learn to ignore the wisdom of the body as it offers up these emotions related to the hot stove about which we get to make choices. Because as I've talked before, animals have the same information coming into their bodies about staying away from the hot stove. They just don't have the emotional kerfuffle, we might say, that accompanies this information. They perceive it to be data. And they understand as this data, they get to have choices about what to do about staying away from the hot stove. They know it's not just about running the other direction when faced with something we don't like, or that our bodies say we should stay away from. It's about choice on the whole spectrum of information and input and where you as a galactic visitor choose to be inside a physical body that gives you all of the options about seeking to water your own tree of hope from the roots. We can look to the animals to follow their lead in the trip back up the slippery side of the well and out of the depths of our despair, no matter what we are facing, individually or collectively. And perhaps use the wisdom of Frida Kahlo as a light to shine down into the well, 
before we perhaps unwisely decide to claw our way up the well, before we see even what's underneath all that despair. In the bottom of that well likely lies the decay of thoughts and emotions of past situations and issues and generations even. And if we only look for the light above, we'll never understand and use the richness of what came before that was once alive as well, like the leaves of the tree around the well that gift their completed life cycle of leaves to its depth. It's why we turn our heads when the seeming duality of nature, of predator and prey, comes at us in a never-ending display of magnificent unity. And when those sentient beings beside us choose to weep and grieve at their losses, not bothering to cover it up with platitudes of belief systems known only to one species, we turn from that because we feel just as they do and we lack the courage to grieve along with them. We are unable to step forward into the place of unity because we think we cannot bear the shift away from ourselves individually into the collective soul of another's grief. By immersing themselves into the celebration of the contrast, by looking down first and then up, they are showing us the way out of our own well so that we may join them and evolve together with them in facing contrast together. Because the greater the contrast, the greater the light. Looking down and then up shows the unity between the two as nothing is ever separate on this planet. At least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review if you're so inspired and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. Reach out if you think I can be of service and to schedule online via www.lazanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting dates of courses in the Animals I View Academy and online psychic fairs. This has been the Animals I View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.